You know what I like? Mm, what's that? I like it when young people tell me that they're like, oh, I'm so old. I'm feeling so old. And I'm like, bro, you're like, you're 40. Why are you, why, why are you doing it's just, that? It's just, it's funny to me. Why like, are you I doing this? I hear these 30-year-olds like, I'm so old. I'm like, bro, you're 30. Like, what are you talking about? I make 30. one, I, I share one thing with what, you. What happened? I share one thing with you. Oh, you, oh, you, did you do this? Just a minute ago. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Yeah. You were telling me how old you are. Tell me again. How old are you? You're 40, right? All I said was, <laughs> I, I need to finally start listening and wear glasses because the screen is starting to blur. I can't wait for you to wear thick old man glasses. That's why, what I why want. Would you I want like pop bottle, like thick glasses. Uh, like I want, I, this is going to be great. No, it, it, it's, it's starting to blur. And I was supposed to, yeah, my optometrist, a uh, friend of ours, she yells at me all the time because Michelle's like, he's not wearing his glasses. So you do have glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I did the same thing for as long as I got glasses when we were in seminary and I was shocked that like, holy smokes, I haven't been able to see stuff. I mean, I could read, but I was getting some headaches and it changed. It was a big shock, but I didn't really keep up with it. I let them drop, and then uh, things got way worse. You're in the way worse now. Yep. I didn't wait till 40. Yeah, I waited. Yeah. Oh, I man. You're going to have like all those walking sticks. No, it's, it's not that great. bad. Like, golf every, ball on like, the end of it. You're fine. Everything's fine. <gasps> what? What happened? No, I'm just thinking like this. Like you're definitely going to get a placard now. Why? Because you're already deaf in one ear, and now you're, you're half deaf. You're going to be half blind. You get a placard. You can park anywhere. Oh, I'm not half blind, but well, you, know, can... you probably are. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally trying to, <laughs> trying to see. I'm the trying screen. to see. I'm like, is it just one eye, or is it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe you might have had a stroke. Maybe that's what it is. One side can't hear, can't see. Hold on, hold on. Let me try. Yeah, it's this eye. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's better. You'll do contacts probably, right? No, I don't like touching my eye. I don't either. I can't do <laughs> I, it. I don't know. I'd rather just I'd rather just hate wearing glasses all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what you need well, to do. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, no, you get it. That was just between us. Yeah. Oh, was that was that private? Yeah. Oh, you didn't say. You gotta qualify. Oh, I gotta qualify yes, everything. Yeah, with you, you? Listen, you, who are you talking to? Fair enough. I like to share. Fair enough. Okay. You know, my best friend told me uh, sharing, uh, sharing is caring. That's sharing is caring. Yeah, that's what I like to do. It's definitely one eye. So, okay. See, I have astigmatism, and, uh, which makes things hard to read. And then my eyesight is going on top of it. So I have to have these uh, like trifocals or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like it. It's annoying. Well, uh, anyways, thanks for sharing that for me. You know, that's what I like to yeah, A little piece of advice. Mm. Give you a little advice. Go ahead. Uh, don't share anything with you. You're going, you're going to go to Mexico. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to Mexico. Go away for a couple days. Um, Oh man, I meant to look up the name of that resort. I, I forgot to do it. I, I can't make I can't make the jokes if I can't remember the name. Yeah. Anyway, um, you're gonna go. Mm -hmm. You're gonna relax. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to do something with that beard. Uh, the beard is That's getting wrong. out of hand. Maybe it's just bed beard. Is that, is that what it is? is it bed beard? Because it's like it's it's easily two inches out from your side of your face on each side. It is a big poofy beard, not puffy. Poofy. Look at that thing. Look What's at that. What's wrong with it? It's ginormous on the, it's, it's not the length. The length is good. It's, it looks like you got a perm. It looks like you have a beard perm. But I did. Is that what happened? That's what happened. Oh, okay. So we just got to calm down. I got to, yeah. Okay. I It'll did. be fine I, by the exactly. end of the Exactly. I want it straight into the okay. bit, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, but it's poofy on the sides. You know, it's just got, I got products yeah, in it. I don't know. It's a. Uh, this, this looks like bed beard, is what it looks like. Look at that thing. Oh, it's so big. You know, I, I'm I'm uncomfortable right now. Oh, really? I'm uncomfortable. I'm trying to help. This way, when you go, all the locals are like, hey, look at this guy. <laughs> look at that crazy beard. No, I think they'll like it. Uh, you're, listen, I'm telling you again, you, you know it in the airport. I'm gonna shave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave it today. If you don't, you just gotta, you just gotta knock down the sides a little bit because they will pull you. I don't care about I'm your, gonna, your, your your speedy pass or whatever that thing is you got. I get, I get pulled. Oh yeah, it's better than it used to be. It is better. It is better than it used to be. I've seen you harass. Like, yeah, harass. Not, not pulled. Not checked. Harassed. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. It just makes me so angry. Oh my god. It is what it is. It know? doesn't help though when you wear a belt that's made out of like empty shotgun shells. Like that is alarming <laughs> when people see you coming. They're like, what? You got the bandoleros around What's and you're going you? to Mexico. So you might want to be a little careful with the outfits you wear. I'm 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 gonna be fine. I'll be okay. You should go dressed as Danny Trejo. And no. uh, oh, please do. No, I can't pull that off. <laughs> Well, cannot pull that off. Nobody is quite as cool as exactly. As There's no he? way I would pull that off Man. ever. I, I, that's goals right there. Be a great Halloween costume. You have to shave your beard though. Mm, I can't. I couldn't do that. Mm. Though one day, one day I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave it. <laughs> I just don't know when. <laughs> just do it when I'm not around. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I will be traumatized. <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen, guys like us, we from the, we shave the beard off, and what we're left with is round face. Oh yeah, no, and, and it's not like I'm a baby face, just ugly face. Yeah, mm. and like I look older when I don't have a beard. Yeah, I'm looking at your face right now. I'm oh, it's to, bad. It's I'm trying bad. to figure out. See, because you lose so much character. When you shave the beard off, well, no, 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 I gain a character, a, a brand new one, a cartoon character. No, 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 because then you'll finally see my two chins. It's like a whole other yeah. side of me. You can see yeah, right that here. is the benefit of the beard. Is it hides hides this little like? Well, here's the thing. It's not as bad as it used to be, actually. No, of course not. You're working out, but I, I when I started growing my beard, I was in really good shape. I was the mm. best shape of my life. I was running all the time, um, and then I grew my beard, and then I put all my weight back on. And but no I, one could tell. Uh, well, no, they could tell. But I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, to you. but it would just be like, it would be a shocking, alarming. Ugh. I mean, it would just be Charlie Brown with a double chin. That's all I would look like. Can't you know that. what? You have at least a hair on top for the 20 year anniversary of Redeemer. Yeah, let's shave. Uh, no, let's do a building campaign. Nope. <laughs> it could be a it, it could be a cigar campaign. If you're paying me, there's more likely. But he's doing. Would, you wouldn't do it for the church? No, I would not shave my beard for the church. Absolutely not. What? No. Really? No. That's a silly thing. How is that silly? No, it's silly that you wouldn't. Mm -mm. You really wouldn't shave for a building campaign, something that significant in the life of the church. Would you shave your head? Yes. You liar. No, I, I would. Okay. For so, uh, for a building campaign, would, something that would like really significantly. It's, it's not going to move the needle. But uh, but if it did. But it's not. But, 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 it's, but see, let's just go past that. Okay. We're not we're not even. You, so if, some, if a millionaire shows up and he's okay. like. There you go. Let's go with that. All right. I'm going to give you a million dollars towards a building campaign. Nah. If, if you shaved your head and beard. Yes. You want my eyebrows too? If they said we will build you. 
the proper facility that you need, then yes, I would do it. See, okay. But but just for a building campaign from our own people, no, because that's not going to do anything. It's just silly. Wow. So, and it, it's, it's exploitive, which I don't like. I object to that. Oh, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? I, I, They're exploiting somebody. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. No, listen, if some... It would be fun. No, it would not be fun. It would be it would fun. Be it traumatic. would be something... A tra- it would be traumatic. It would be... I, I'm just... I'm in awe of you right now. Mm-mm. Even five hundred thousand, I would do it. Wow. Honestly, a hundred thousand. If someone came and said, no. "Do a hundred, absolutely, uh, without I, a doubt, I would." I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for a hundred thousand dollars given to me personally. What? No, that'd be a big old no. I, I'm, I'm actually really shocked by that. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm surprised you're not more shocked that I'm lying. <laughs> See, hundred thousand dollars. That's what I mean. And, yeah, yeah, but a hundred thousand dollars doesn't get us that much closer to what we need to do for a building. It like gets us a, somewhere. It gets us there. Yeah, so it gets ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars. Yeah, closer. but there's a difference between ten and a hundred. Yeah, uh, a, a a factor of ten. Yes. So there's yeah. a difference. Yeah, I, I was right. Yep. Factor of ten. <laughs> Math. <laughs> hey, listen. Um, you guys are uh, you got you're all, all access people. Um, and so you know what's going on. But we are doing a giveaway, and we just want to let you guys know about this. You probably already know, but particular Baptist Heritage Books, uh, we're partnering with them to give away something else. It is the the Baptist Catechism. This is the the 1695 version. Uh, you guys know how it works. We're gonna pick two. Not one. the 1689. Not version. to say that no, because that didn't exist. <laughs> but. <laughs> The 1695 uh, Baptist Catechism, uh, beautifully bound, cloth over board. Uh, PBHB is going to be giving it away. We're going to pick two winners on Friday, right? And then we're going to announce the winners on Monday, November 28th. Boom. Jimmy, uh, how are they supposed to enter? Uh, they go to social media? Oh, yeah. You want to go uh, social media and you want to use, um, you can do Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok, uh, and you want to share how Doctrine and Devotion is an encouragement to you. But it's very important. Yeah. You got to use the hashtag. Yep. 1695 catechism. That's right. That's how we find. That's how we find it. Tweets. Your now, promos. listen, I don't go on the social medias. No, I don't check these things. No, he goes on TikTok. I go on TikTok, but I don't check these things. And so I'm going to tell you now, I don't expect Joe to find your typos. No, if you can't spell it right, that's on. That's on you. Yeah. If you spell it chatechism, I ain't finding that. He ain't finding it. He's not going to find <laughs> don't do that. I'm not looking. So make sure. You spell it right, 1695 Catechism. Right on. I but got you, Joe. I'm making sure you don't I, I have to do that, that extra well, work. Not, I'm going to call know. people out for that. I wouldn't do that for $100,000. <laughs> Such a liar. <laughs> By the way, I was sitting there like, how would he not? I, I couldn't even understand it. I know this is, this is not what we're supposed to talk about, but have you been following the, uh, I'm, I'm sure you have, uh, the, the the Twitter uh, panic that Twitter's going to shut down. Elon's fired ha- over half. Of over half, yeah. And and so the, for two, uh, for one. Hold on, did he fire? Or did they quit? There's a difference. No, he let a bunch of people go. Mm. Yeah, he let a bunch of people go. Um, and that, yeah, some some did quit. Uh, but so like one night, everybody, everybody is going on and on. Oh, this is going to be the last night. Twitter's going to shut down. We're going to shut down. And it, it's. He's bankrupt. He doesn't know what he's doing. And it it was is you're a business guy. So this is this is this was my internal response because I just don't have the patience to, to yeah, get on yeah. and talk about it. Uh you don't drop billions of dollars without a plan. Yep. And he's not the guy that's winging it. As no. even though it may look like it to some of us, uh he knows what he's doing, I believe. 
I believe he knows what he's doing. Um, and it is too significant of an asset culturally uh, for it to just be tossed away. Of course, that's possible. But never for a minute did I or do I think Twitter is going to disappear. It's going to be around and uh, I think it'll wind up being uh, robust and healthy uh, next year for sure. But we'll, we'll see. Nevertheless, uh, yeah, people were panicking and they just, it, 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 I don't even go on Twitter that much. I kind of go on to see and then I get off and I was just like, yeah, he's, everybody's panicking. Listen, I mean, the reality is, you know, he bought something that was losing money mm-hmm. and he's got to stabilize it. And that means you get rid of some overhead. Yeah. Get rid of some and, and, and listen. Get rid of some buildings. He tried some stuff. He, he went with the, the Twitter blue and the Twitter blue. blue like yeah. that. Obviously he's trying things. But uh but that's fine. I don't uh, You know when he put that out, I kept checking. Uh I kept checking you. Oh, I would never pay. I was like I was like, oh let's see if Joe did it. Never. I would see I just kept checking. I'm but like here's the thing. I actually, I was getting ready to like screenshot Oh, no, I would never. I feel like if you're a published author. Oh, here we go. Maybe you could get. A oh, blue check, oh, here know. he is with his entitlement. I'm just no, his that's earned. entitlement. That's earned. I've, just I've like written books, just like all I've these other people. How dare you? Uh, what is it? Stephen King. Stephen King. Oh no, I think it's no, fine. How dare you? Oh, I think it's fine make to me say. Charge. Well, no, that, that's the thing. He can do whatever he wants, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just thinking like. I would never be comfortable paying for a blue check because blue check is associated with something else. Like, oh, this is an official account. And and if 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 there was if the blue check now means like, oh no, this is actually this person, it's not a parody account or whatever, fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm just not gonna pay for it. I just I just wouldn't pay for for that. I I would rather it just be like, no, this is the official, this is what it is. Don't care. But no, I'm not gonna pay money for that. I'm not. I don't like to pay money for social media stuff. That's not a yeah. Mm-mm. No, just I don't. Especially since I don't really use it. I just uh, I have, yeah. Be kind of foolish. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I was waiting. I was like, come on, Joey. I know you're gonna do it. Never. Come on, Joey. Nope. Joey's gonna do it. You know what? If he, it, but it, but if Elon were to give me the official, not just the blue check, but the official, I'd probably shave my beard. That's what you shave no, it for? Of course not. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, no, how de- so insulting to the people of Redeemer? Like, I <laughs> said, oh, I give my life to this church. Uh, I don't think they care whether or not I shave my beard. For a building campaign, for a guaranteed million, yeah. See, but just to do it as like, hey, everybody, it's like, it was like no, 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 no. Put no, the I pastor agree. in the dunk tank, get to throw the softballs at him, which I've done. But you did, yeah. yeah so I'm about to yeah, say, I'm just saying, like. Yeah, like that's that doesn't actually do anything. It's just a fun thing. That's what I, I'm yeah, not gonna shave fun. my beard for fun. And that's why I said yeah. let's get past all that, all with that. The, with for the, a fake scenario that couldn't happen. Yeah, sure. There you go. Or it could happen. Mm, see, all right. You don't just don't believe God is big. Oh no, I do. Uh, I also think that uh, he ain't got time for uh, nonsense like that. Yeah. Nonsense like a like a what do you mean? Uh, pushing what, what? me around and making me do things I don't like. I don't think he's in favor of that. I think I think I think God's like. Leave JoJo alone. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Twitter, oh, here we go. There was uh, there was a thing on Twitter. Now I got to bring it up again. I already lost uh, it. You lost it. So uh, I I was I was on Twitter, and uh, as of recording this, it was maybe a, a two days ago, a day ago. Um, but there was a there was a series of tweets or a Twitter thread from a pastor uh, named Eric Reed. 
Eric, if you happen to hear this uh, somehow, we're not coming after you. We don't. I don't have. We don't have a beef with Eric. We don't really know who he is. Uh, Southern Seminary grad. So cool. Like whatever. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. And so maybe, and if, if I do know you, Eric, and I'm just drawing a blank, uh, sorry. But uh, he had a Twitter thread. We're going to read through this Twitter thread, and we're just going to talk about it because the, the essence of it is he's saying, "Hey, listen, it's a really good idea for preaching pastors." to not develop their sermons alone, but instead to involve a team of people to help you construct your sermon. Uh, that's the brief summary. And then he gives some some points, some reasons, and some practical sort of how-tos. Uh, and I we have some things we want to talk about. So we're just going to read through it. All right, so it starts, uh, and we'll link to this in the show notes if you want to find it. It's Eric with a K, read two E's. Um, he says, every pastor should write their own sermons. Yes. So this is something he has to say because of all the plagiarism nonsense that's yep. going on, right? Yep. So every pastor should write their own sermons. But that doesn't mean pastors should prep their sermons alone. Okay. Okay. Of course. We yeah. use commentaries. Yep. We talk to wise men around us. Uh, yep. We'll bring in scholars. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, whatever. Like, no problem there. So he says, building a sermon prep team and rhythm will benefit your preaching exponentially exponentially excelsior okay so okay let's just say uh that kind of a statement is a little problematic only because he doesn't have stats or facts to back that up this is it'd be better to say building a sermon prep team and rhythm could potentially yeah may benefit your yeah, preaching it, okay, exponentially. like this i mean i know you're just tweeting like i'm not trying to nitpick too much but it's like all right yeah that's a, that's a hard sell right there yeah uh, okay so here's a twitter thread um, so what does he say here, Jimmy? Uh, okay. You know, here's how to do it and why uh, it will help you. So he says, set a day and time for a one hour meeting. Our sermon prep team meets every Monday from eight thirty nine thirty. It's the first meeting of the week. Okay. Okay. So exponentially one hour a week. <laughs> okay. It's going to have, it's going to, that's some great returns. Yeah. One, one hour on a Monday. Uh, and he says, why do it on Monday? He says, uh, what makes sermon writing easier? I get a head start on sermon writing because of this meeting. Uh, let's just, hang on, let's just stop. Um, I, I, I too start on Monday. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't take Monday off. So um, I think it's a good idea. You want to get started early. I, I think that's, that's- I like that. That's great. Yep. He says, a very clear direction for the sermon usually materializes from this meeting, which then helps save time when I sit down to write it. So very clear after one hour, right? A very clear direction for the sermon usually. Okay. Well, here, here. Okay. There's, there's, there. I just have problems from the start here. So you're going to have a one-hour meeting with elders, deacons, ministry leaders, whoever. He, yep. And he talks about he that. Talk, yep. Oh, that's fine. I, I don't really. I don't have a problem with you meeting with people to help. You know, work on a sermon on a team. I don't think there's a problem with that if you do it in the right way. The problem here is, is how can you have a clear direction for the sermon? Now you're talking the homiletical yep. uh, direction and everything before you've done the harder work of exegesis, or maybe it's not harder, but the hard work of exegesis. I mean, can I don't know how many hours do we spend on a sermon, right? Some guys spend 15, some guys yeah. spend 20. I spend around 10 to 12. Uh, let's just say 10. 10 hours a week is given to a particular sermon. Uh, a significant amount of that time... Uh, is what it takes to study the passage, do the exegesis, 
uh, to I'd make, say about 80% of the time. So, so for me, it's like, and again, that, that, that bleeds into a lot of areas, but it's, I'm just not sure how you can gather a bunch of people together, both laymen and, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, leaders and, and, and have a clear direction for the sermon after a one hour meeting. Cause to With, me, without the exegesis, cause then now it really feels like eisegesis. Now you've already decided the direction of the sermon without actually studying the passage. Yeah. And now maybe he would say, well, no, we are studying the passage. I mean, here's here's what he says. Uh, invite pastors, elders, deacons, and other key leaders. I make it open to any staff member leader who wants to come. Not mandatory. We also have non-staff elders and non-staff and elders come. Why? Because it, it strengthens your insight and grasp of the text. Having additional leaders in the room working through the text brings so many insights and ideas to the table. Okay. But you have an hour you, I mean, maybe he's thinking if there's five people each an hour, that's five hours of prep right there. <laughs> I don't think he means that. <laughs> you know, he goes, uh, we have to read a couple of these things because they, right. they, they, all, they all stack up. Um, I think this is a good point that he makes. It says it disciples and develops other leaders in your church. Yep, agreed. This becomes a learning environment for our leaders. They grow in their knowledge of scripture, but also understanding how to think about teaching it to the church. This makes them better in their roles. First of all, we can take that out and go, this is gold. This yep. is true. Wonderful. Um, I think where you're putting these people is in absolutely the wrong place. Like, not that they're helping you with a sermon, but on a Monday at 830 before you've done any study. Um, I think you allowing them into this process would be very beneficial for them. It certainly yeah. could be. Yep. But uh, where you're where you're having this meeting and how it's laid out, I think is is problematic um, for us. But then he, he, he says something else, Jimmy. What is it? Uh, let's see. It makes them better in their roles. And he goes, study, discuss, and apply the text. Nobody has to do any preparation in advance of the meeting. We read the passage. We discuss each verse, making notes about context, meaning, and cross-references as we go. We highlight major theological themes found in the text. We discuss apologetics and cultural issues the text raises. What questions would the unbeliever raise? How does passage speak to issues we face in our culture? We discuss how the passage applies to the lives of people in our church. How does this speak to the young single, the widow, teenagers, the grieving, the anxious, married couples, etc.? Asking these questions make you see the text through the lives of church members. In an hour. In one hour. The, listen, everything he says here is great. Yeah. You want to do these things. It's fantastic. You, I don't... But how you're getting that done in one hour... Listen, you, 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 to before, before you can discuss the cultural issues, highlight the themes, you have to have a grasp on the text itself. And yeah. that takes time. So even if you say, okay, but I mean, I just, I just think it's, I, I think it's moving the whole process too quickly on the front end, which could like lead to what you were saying, Jimmy, uh, an eisegetical uh, approach to, to writing yeah. sermons because yeah, I, I would say if, so I'm trying to think about it. All right, so let me, let me what do you say here? I'm going to read the passage. Um, we're going to discuss the verse, verse each verse, each verse, making notes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, so I guess, again, I'm not picking on him. It's just the way that this is presented. It sounds like we have a meeting for an hour, and by the end of this, I've saved a bunch of time mm -hmm. in my sermon prep. I would say you're, you don't need to save that time in sermon prep. I mean, listen, if you're, if you're spending 20 hours a week, then I think you're probably doing it wrong. 
Um, unless you just don't have any other responsibilities as a pastor. Uh, yeah. You have 20 hours of that and 20 hours of other things. If that's how you arrange your time, fine. Um, so yeah, we can manage our time better, but like, I don't know that this is actually going to be a helpful way of saving time doing it on the front end of the week. But all the questions he's asking are good. And I think bringing people in as a way of, of training people and, and helping us to think through things that we might miss and mm. all that's good. Honestly, I think maybe the, the, the big problem here is like, he's saying, uh, this can be done in an hour on a Monday. I think that's the issue. Why don't we talk about, why don't we talk about how, how we typically do sermon preparation yeah. and, uh, and where something like this would fit in. Uh, yeah, sure. To, yeah. To Cause I mean, I think, yeah, our yep. processes are very similar. Most of the people, if not all the people that have preached at Redeemer, uh, generally do these things. Obviously we've developed a whole like Bible study method called the ransom Bible study method. You can check that out on our website. Uh, we're not going to go through all of that, but these are the things that have to happen for us to have a, a well-crafted sermon or at least a, a sermon crafted to the best of our abilities yep. Uh, yep. anytime we're going to preach. And so like, listen, if I have, if in God's providence, I only have one hour to do this, then okay, I only have one hour. Yep. But uh, generally speaking, you know, I have about 10 hours uh, or to 12 that yep. I can give to this. So uh, what's the first thing we're going to do? Uh, first thing we're going to do is read the passage oh, yeah, multiple just, times. Oh, oh, not just one time. Multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I like to look at a couple different uh, uh, versions yep. and kind of read it just over and over again. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, you know, when, once you get into, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the exegetical work, right. Um, and all of that, that's, uh, that's where the, the language is coming to play. If you have a mm -hmm. background there, mm -hmm. if not, um, you got other um, resources that you can use, but even before that, yes, using a couple of, of translations that you trust. Yep. Good habit to be in. I'll do that. And then at the same time, I'm not sure when you do this, but I'd like to do it on the front end is I like to do it on my iPad or I'll write out the entire passage in my journal and I'll just start to like it. There's, I don't know if there's method to my madness, but I'll start to underline circle yeah box yeah certain things that stick out yeah right that's just that's, certain transitions just yep. certain things that help me see or and then point things back to each other mm -hmm. i try to find you know as i'm going through it what seems to be the hinge what is that kind of i don't know something that ties everything right. to kind of together you know yeah. that, i don't know if that makes sense yeah no listen i, I mark it up you know, you're, you're, you're taking note yeah. of things. And speaking of that, uh, we, we read the passage multiple times to be as familiar with it as we can be. And we're journaling. Yep. Uh, so like we're, we're writing out thoughts and questions, uh, convictions that are starting to, to arise. Um, you know, we're writing things down, whether you're writing down the whole passage to start with, or just jumping to like, these are the things that I'm, that are occurring to me as I'm doing it are helpful to keep track of, uh, maybe what the spirit is doing in you, hmm. but oftentimes just questions like the most helpful thing for me to do are just to identify questions and questions that I have. And also sometimes I'm anticipating, Oh, other people might have a question about this. This is a little vague. Yeah. The way it's saying yep. in scripture, or this is a confusing way of wording it. So yep. what, what, or is this pointing back to something else? Like, right. is, is there some other context that, you know, we need to go through that is going to help fulfill, like give yeah. a fuller picture of the, of the passage that we're on. Right. Right. And so when you're doing that, you're reading the passage, you're journaling, and that helps you to then identify themes and doctrines, right? Yeah. At that point, you're able to say, okay, so here we have uh, the doctrine of Imago Dei. Now, this is clear in this passage. Or, uh, wow, this is really highlighting 
um, the eternal state. So maybe it'll be a really clear passage, mm. or maybe it's, sometimes it's more implicit, like oh, the doctrine of of uh, of sin and the sinfulness of sin in particular, or the spread of sin. Right, that's something that's being identified in the passage. But identifying themes and and doctrines. Um, is another thing that we do in this process as we're just reading and journaling the passage. Then from there, you know, I like to outline the passage, right? Like yeah. kind of break it up uh, and structure, structure yeah. kind of put it in in almost my own words in a way, right? Like for this is this, like you're just kind of pointing it, uh, I guess, I don't know, how, like, so that I, if I have the outline, I know what the passage is about. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's where like all that work where you're underlining, drawing arrows, you're kind of figuring out like the flow, you're diagramming sentences. Yep. You're doing all that. So then when you outline the passage, you have a, a, a proper way of seeing that this is how the passage functions. This is how it flows. Mm -hmm. Right. So for us visually to see that is, yeah. is really important. And, and now having done all of this, right. Uh, and the, some of these things are happening at the same time. But another thing that we do is we do check on commentaries. Yep. Uh, we and there are certain commentaries that we will favor for certain books that yep. will help us to check our work. People that we trust, teachers, uh, gifted scholars that um, have done a lot more uh, study in in a particular book than you or I have. Yep. Or you and I combined have. Yep. So uh, we we want to resource that stuff, and that will either clarify uh, some things that maybe we need help with. Or it will correct mm. where maybe we're, oh, you know what? I was taking, and this guy has helped me to see, I was I was reading into this a little bit too much, or I was taking it mm. in a way that I don't think does does work. And oftentimes, uh, it really helps to um, to show us how it connects. Like a good commentary, uh, it's, a lot of people think of a good commentary as merely a critical thing. It's apparatus that helps us to understand the, the text and it's an original context and all of that but you know i like good commentaries that will also help me to see how this relates to the broader history of redemption and the redemptive work of yes. god in christ yep how does this lead us to to jesus so commentary help now this is where it comes back to eric's line of thinking so we've still got more to do mm -hmm. but at this point we've read the passage multiple times we've been meditating on it we've been obviously prayer is throughout all of this right so we yep. should, you know, I didn't want to give that a, a particular point because we're constantly praying identifying the themes and the doctrines, outlining the passage, getting some commentary help. Now we have at least a healthy grasp on the passage foundationally. Now would be a good time to bring in that team. Yep. Perfect time. Because now you, listen, you're bringing in a team, but you are still the, a leader. You're still a teacher. You're still a preaching pastor. And you're still doing what you wanted to do at the beginning here that you're talking about, uh, how it disciples and develops other leaders yep. in your church, right? There now you are better equipped and prepared to help them and show them how one studies and goes through a, a passage. Yeah. You know, you can Instead set, of going in cold. Yeah. yeah. Going in cold is, I think, a, not a great idea for a team like this. So then you spend, you know, 10 minutes saying like, all right, here's the passage. Here's the work that I've done to get us yep. to this point. Now, we can start thinking through like, okay, what is the central message of this passage that is beginning to emerge that I am going to be heralding, right? How, what does that look like yeah. as, it's, as it's rising up? Um, they're going to bring their insights. They're going to bring all of their issues. But like, if you, if you bring the team in at that point, then yeah, I would say like, okay. So having said all of that, we, we've seen this. What is the central theme? What is yep. the point that you think the passage is being made here? Or if we need to... Um, word it in a different way uh what is a good message that this passage uh is 
moving us to to address or to say to our people in a more particular sense. And there, you know, having people there with you, I think it helps you to actually then discuss and ask, what are the congregation's needs? What are their struggles? Right. Uh, Going through like, what does this mean for uh, for the the young single, the widow, teenagers, the great question, the anxious, the married couples, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And all that stuff that he was saying, like, is is really helpful. Now, like when when I'm preparing or when Jamie's preparing, we're asking those questions. We're we're writing that stuff out. We're identifying the issues that are going on. But yeah, it's a great idea to have people. You know, I've, I, I, I've told the story a bunch, but, you know, years ago, Brian came to me after a sermon and said, hey, you know, we had a meeting and everything. But he was saying, you're not addressing this particular group with mm. this particular need. And your preaching needs to address that. I was like, that's really, really helpful. Mm. So that, so I think he's right. Like this, this could be great, but it has to happen in the right place, man. This, this should be happening like on a Wednesday. This should be happening maybe on a Thursday, depending on what your schedule is like. But this should happen on a day other than Monday at eight thirty. Going in cold is not going to be helpful. I think this will allow you to lead them, right, to, to understand the passage, having done the work that cannot be done uh, together. W- in, in an hour. Yeah, I agree. But now you get the central message of that is beginning to emerge. Mm-hmm. Uh, congregations, needs, and struggles. Yep. You can talk about application and implications. We talk about that a lot. Like, okay, so here are, here's what the passage says. Um, here is the, the theme that's really coming out of this that we want to herald. Um, so what does this mean for us? Yeah. Uh, where do, where does it, how does it call us to repentance? And what would it look like? Uh, how does it call us to obedience? What would that look like? What does it look like to have faith in response to this? Are we believing a particular promise? Or is it focusing on a particular aspect of God's character? Hmm. Like all of those things um, are going to help us to, to get greater clarity on how to apply this to a particular congregation. So you got to start with the needs and the struggles Mm. in order to get to the application and the implications of the passage. And then from there, once all that work's done, then you're able to put together your like homiletical structure, which is different than your outline. Your outline is an exegetical outline. Uh, Yes. The outline of the passage. Yeah. Some people preach from that. Yeah, sure. But I, I, I I think it's better because I think the homiletical one is going to take everything that you've learned and studied um, and actually then is applying it in such a way that hits the context and your people right well yeah so like a homiletic a homiletical outline would take like a passage and maybe the passage is saying um, is, is descriptive for example yeah. and it's like okay well Peter uh, preached the gospel uh, Peter suffered for the gospel uh, it, it, Peter was um, vindicated by the gospel, right? Okay, so uh, there's your there's your uh, a passage out of Acts, maybe, and that's that's sort of what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the narrative, these are the things that happened. So oftentimes in preaching, the homiletical structure is uh, going to hold that forth either as um, things to do or things to believe, mm. uh, or you know more clearly understanding like works of God. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's, it, it could change things from just the exegetical sort of outline of what the text is saying to what people are supposed to be believing. Oh yeah. I mean, like when you talk about like, okay, Peter suffered for the gospel, how was he able to suffer well? Mm-hmm. Right. What was his confidence in? What was his assurance in? What are some of those, uh, um, distractions Mm -hmm. that you know uh have us at times disbelieving and not wanting to suffer 
but what was the conviction that he held yeah. and belief that he held to endure that suffering? Yeah, and th this is why like doing this with a team could be helpful, right? So how do we talk about like, okay, so Peter preached the gospel. Okay, well, are we all called to preach the gospel? Well, yeah, okay. Now, we're not all called to preach it formally, Mm -hmm. But we are all called to preach it or herald it informally. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, as you're working on your homiletical thing, it'll be like, you know, we're all called to preach the gospel. It, it's it's just, it's a subtle difference than Peter preached the gospel. Now it's like, we're all called to preach. And then when you get to, well, Peter suffered. Well, we're all called to suffer for the gospel. That's right. We, we, we're, Jesus told us, you will suffer for my sake. <laughs> yeah. It's not a surprise. Yeah. It shouldn't catch us off guard. We shouldn't lament about it, but we are called to endure. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like I, I don't have a problem with Eric. I don't think there's, he's a, I think everything I've seen is fine. It's good. It's just this idea that you would say like, oh, well, let's put this at 830 and this is going to make the difference. Um, I think if you're going to do something like this, and I don't, certainly don't think you have to, um, but it certainly is helpful to get more voices helping you work through a passage for the presentation of a sermon, whether they're in book form or in person. So I think all this is fine, but you got to put it in the right place. Uh, here's the takeaway, I think. I, th I think if we're going to summarize like why we wanted to talk about this is, uh, we agree, don't prepare your sermon alone. Mm -hmm. you got to learn from others, mm -hmm. right? Whether Clearly. Uh, otherwise, you're just left with sort of a biblicist mindset of, oh, it's just what the scripture says. I'm not going to have any outside influence. It's just me and my Bible, and now I've, you know, I'm my own pope. So don't do it alone. Learn from others. But if you're the preacher, you got to take responsibility, and you got to lead how you've been called to lead. You're, you're going to learn in that environment with a team, but you're still called to lead there. Mm. So to do that, I think you're going to have to put this sort of a meeting in a different place. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineandDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast at the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. We got that fresh part of your Monday and Thursday. We have blog posts and video content over at the website. And we want to thank you, our all-access subscribers. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the podcast uh, the way that you do. Sharing is caring. Go ahead and let others know why you are a all access subscriber and that they themselves can head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access and support the podcast. Later. Later.